0: Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low-Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Low-Key Geek, Hey, hey, you're a Low-Key Geek. He tries to be out there when he wants to be, but hey. He's low key. Low key (laughs) geek. What is going on, everyone? It is Renee here low-key geek back with wow my first official podcast of 2021 it took only two and a half months basically to get the latest podcast episode well, full length podcast episode up and and going here. Um, I've been, you know, doing a lot of stuff on YouTube um, and uploading clips here and there on the podcast channel. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to be back with a full episode here, uh, first one of the year hopefully one of many. Um, So I want to thank you guys again for watching and tuning in Um, as always, you know, this is the podcast where, you know, we talk about all stuff in pop culture, Um, you know, everything in the geekdom universe, whether it be movies, TV, um, you know, anime, video games, cartoons, what have you. Um, And I, I, put my little spin on things. Um, Those of you who are frequent uh, visitors to the channel know that I like, I do a lot of recaps and stuff. And this episode is definitely going to be not so much of a recap, but more of like a review uh, episode, because this has been a busy week. We haven't had a week like this in a while where two major things drop this week. And that is of course Zack Snyder's uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League, the movie, and the debut of Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier there on Disney+. Plus. So, before I get into any of that stuff, guys, as always, please hit that like and subscribe buttons. If you like what you see, it definitely helps support the channel and keeps the channel growing. Um, I have a goal that i would love to hit um in the next month and that would be uh, to hit 500 subscribers um so it would be great if we could reach that goal and build up this channel and the community there so for you audio listeners um who are listening either on itunes spotify uh, Stitcher, what have you? Uh, make sure to follow and uh, give a good rating there on iTunes so that we could grow the podcast channel as well. So um, before I get into all the the great geek goodness that is, uh, you know, Justice League and Falcon and Winter Soldier, there um, it's been for a lot of us uh, a full year now um, since we have been. Um, enduring this uh, COVID pandemic. And um, the good thing is, it's, you know, things are looking on the up and up. Um, It looks like, you know, the vaccines are starting to roll out there. And, you know, depending on where you are, places are starting to open up. I know in California, recently, movie theaters started reopening again um, here in New York. Um it's been uh it's uh theaters have reopened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, limited capacity and what have you. So hopefully we are on the right trajectory there to get things back to somewhat normality. Um, I know it's still gonna take some time, so let's not you know fuck it up for everyone. Uh let's still make sure that we do our due diligence to be careful and cautious, wear your mask and wash your hands and all that good stuff. Um, But, yeah, it's been a full year um, for myself, not only, you know, celebrating, I guess, the the year long quarantining carefulness and all that stuff like that. But it's also been a full year um, since I left the corporate world and started to venture out on my own just to see what I can do. And obviously, you know, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to you know, do a lot of the things I wanted to do. And that was, you know, travel more and, you know, maybe do a lot of things that, you know, required me to be actually outside and interacting with people. Um, But it allowed me a chance to really um, start up, for example, like this YouTube channel and my online presence and things like that. Um, For the majority of 2020, I was uh, streaming a lot on Twitch. And I took a kind, I took kind of a back seat from there because, you know, even though I do enjoy streaming and I love um, interacting with a lot of the viewers and followers that I've gathered there on Twitch, um, it was something that you know I found to be kind of time-consuming, and it was taken away a lot of the time away from the things that I really enjoy doing, and that is creating video content. You know, um, so I ignored YouTube quite a bit. Um, so moving into 2021 one of my uh focuses was to you know get back into video creation doing more content on youtube and you know to my surprise and delight you know the the channel here on youtube has grown significantly since january you know um Mainly because of this one video I did. Um, You guys may be familiar with it, but I did a kind of recap and review of uh, the infamous uh, Danish uh, cartoon there called John Dillermond, which I believe now has reached 50,000 views. So thank you so much for all of you guys who checked that out. And thank you for all the new subscribers to the channel um, from there. So, um, and you know, I've done a lot of things since then and you know, things that kind of help still grow the channel and all that. So, you know, stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of more stuff coming uh, this year for sure. Um, And like I said, I enjoy doing that stuff. I enjoy putting my spin on recaps and, you know, providing all this type of entertainment for you guys to enjoy. So, you know, hopefully you guys will stick around for, for the ride and maybe, you know, you could bring along some of your friends and let's get the party started here in uh 2021 that is if the party hasn't started yet right so um again thank you for everyone who has uh you know subscribed to the channel and for all of you longtime supporters too since last year um it's been uh, it's made a huge impact in my life and um it means a lot to me sincerely so um yeah, thank you for all that you do in showing your support and checking the channel out every week. And yeah, let's keep this ball rolling. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the Snyder Cut, shall we? Um, so you know, leading to into uh, leading to Thursday when. Um, the Snyder Cut of Justice League released there on HBO Max, I kind of wanted to step back and review and rewatch the movies that were leading into this. Uh, Mainly uh, Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman, and uh, the original Justice League, right? So um, I wanted to see like where this journey um, started and and where it was going to lead us uh, into the release of the Snyder Cut there. And, um, you know, rewatching uh, Man of Steel again, um, I know it, it's kind of divisive out there, but I do feel like Man of Steel is one of the better Superman movies that we've gotten in recent years. Um, I may be in the minority uh, when it comes to the Brandon Routh Uh, Superman movie but I also enjoyed that movie just because of the nostalgia factor you know it it was an homage to the Donner movies right and something that I really enjoyed Um, obviously not everything really hit uh, in that movie but it was a nice attempt there Um, but with Man of Steel it provided something a little bit different where you I really felt like you truly got like a year one version of Superman, you know, someone who's still trying to figure things out, someone who's still trying to understand his place in the universe, um, especially learning who he is and all that. And uh, I know it was a little um, grim and darker than most of us are used to. But again, you're dealing with somebody who is is not familiar with what he's supposed to do and what his um, station in life is, um, especially coming uh, to the knowledge that he has acquired a lot of these powers and all and all that. But I thought it was a really good attempt at that, and if anything, it, it proved to me that you know Henry Cavill is uh... you know an actor who can portray the the Superman role really well. Fast forward, then you get into. <clears throat> batman v superman and i that kind of went the opposite direction you know i really didn't think that was a strong movie at all and i even watched the the uncut version you know that was released um that had the longer um cut of the movie and even though that cut was a far superior than the theatrical release still there was a lot of things that i was lacking for me you know like um Wonder Woman was kind of thrown in there, um, and I I really didn't feel like she had a huge purpose in the movie, except just to introduce who she was, right, and who she is, and that she's there. Um, I do feel like Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman was pretty strong. Um, You know, if anything, I love the way Zack Snyder, his movies, how they start. You know, and for the first 20 minutes, you're like locked in. You know, when Man of Steel, you had that great um, sequence happening um, on Krypton with, um, you know, Russell Crowe, um, you know, the father of Kalal, and just understanding what he had to go through in order to make sure that Kalal gets uh shipped off into uh into space there and the demise of Krypton. You know, I thought it was very powerful and impactful and it drew you in. And like, all right, this is what I'm getting. Let's go. Let's 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 take it from there. And same thing with Batman v Superman. You know, I thought like the beginning was very strong because you got to see the devastation uh that was caused from the battle with Zod and Superman. And you know, Bruce. You know, just diving head on, right? You know, just trying to make sure that his his people are okay, and and it shows kind of the the, the fortitude that bruce wayne batman had um and you knew what character what kind of character you were dealing with now for the rest of the movie i felt like you know superman kind of took a back seat and superman was kind of like portrayed as this whiny little baby you know just like you know i don't care what people say i want to do what i want to do and you know it's all about you lois and all that stuff like that and of course let's not bring up the whole martha situation there um so you know and then the 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 forced uh, introduction of Doomsday, which I, I thought was kind of odd in it in its own way, um, but it led to the eventual death of Superman. You know, spoiler alert. Um, but that was the big, you know, to do with that movie and how they were going to move that forward. So when Justice League finally came out, you know, we were all wondering how they're going to handle this. But not only handle that, but how are they going to handle the formation of the team? Um, and we all know the story already, you know, Zach wasn't able to finish the movie, they brought in Joss Whedon. And my main issues with Justice League, the original, was that it felt like um, they were trying to force this movie to be an Avengers-like movie. I know, like they were saying before, that the studio really wanted something a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit, you know, something that wasn't so grim and so dark like the previous two movies. Um, And you felt it. You felt like they made a lot of course correction to kind of make it a little bit more Marvel-esque, you know. yeah, You had a lot of jokes being thrown around amongst all the main characters there. Um, But they tried to also still retain some of the Snyder-like moments, you know, a lot of the slow motions and some... Um, moments of, you know, grim, um, you know, moments and, and all that kind of stuff, but it just didn't fit, you know, and I felt like everything was sloppy. A lot of the, the characters within the team. Took like a, a back seat, you know, like a lot of the storylines weren't fully fleshed out. And it was very important in order to see that because this was the introduction for the audience of these new characters. I mean, Wonder Woman already got her movie before this, right? So we kind of understood Wonder Woman and all that. But it was our introduction to Aquaman, it was our introduction to The Flash and Cyborg. Um, but it, it felt like they were just kind of thrown in there and you had like a group of misfits that were trying to learn how to work together and all that. And not everyone was on the same, you know, beat as everyone else. You know, you had Wonder Woman that was opposing a lot of the decisions that Batman was, was making. And then you had The Flash who was like, always constantly making jokes and being extremely awkward all throughout the movie and everything like that and then you had cyborg which looked kind of like it was an afterthought you know um the main villain of steppenwolf was very mismanaged you know like you didn't really understand what his true intentions were And then, you know, they tried to make him, like, this main villain. You know, we didn't know who he was working for, where he really came from. And then the whole explanation of the mother boxes was just poorly, like, you know, portrayed, like... I feel like for the most part, the audience was confused and had to figure things out either after the movie or, you know, talk to people who are familiar with the comic books and all that kind of stuff like that. So it was it wasn't that great of a movie. And again, it felt like a lot of things were kind of stitched together to try to make this Avengers like event. And, you know, at the end, you know, you had your Superman finally showing up and then, you know things were used as pawns and, and try to get him to like join the team and, and fight Steppenwolf at the end and all that. Um, and the movie kind of just ended. It felt like they ended the movie knowing that they weren't going to do any more of these team ups, you know, at least that's what it felt like. Yeah. They gave us a little Easter egg of like the whole, um, you know, uh, you know, contest between the Flash and Superman as to who could be the fastest and all that, which was like a cute little nod to the comic books and, and what have you. But it really didn't feel cohesive enough, you know. And then it's no wonder why there's been major delays in the Flash movie. The Cyborg movie that they were talking about was completely taken off the radar. Um, we did eventually get an Aquaman a movie, which was decent. Um, and then we got another Wonder Woman movie. But then that was it no other Batman movie, no other Superman movie. Um, so it, it it again, you could kind of see how their planning or lack of planning really panned out. And you understand and you know more of that after seeing the, the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Now, bef- like, let's just get a couple of things out of the way here and let's talk about, all right, running time. Yeah, it's four hours, it's long. But it's streaming. So you you have a choice to watch it in parts. I think one of the brilliant things that they did was they they divided um, everything into chapters, right? So you had your part ones, two and three and four and, and so on. So it, it played out like a mini series, which was like really, really well done. And it was cut perfectly so that you can stop after a certain part or chapter and then pick it up, uh, whether it's later in the day or the next day or what have you. Um, it's like reading through a graphic novel you know, that's divided into two chapters. So I thought that was really brilliantly done and the aspect ratio. Now I too was confused when I saw it in the you know the little 4 by 3 aspect ratio there um, and I didn't understand why he decided to do it that way until I I dug up some some uh, interviews and I, I did some research and I guess apparently what he was doing is that he is fully in love with the IMAX format. And for those of you who don't know, if you're filming for IMAX, you have to film in that certain aspect ratio because IMAX screens are not your typical widescreen, um, type of theaters. You know, it's usually more in that four by three format, just bigger, right? So you get to see more of, um, you know, the backgrounds and and more, you know, framing there. Um, so I, I kind of understand where he was going with, but it did throw me off in the beginning. But after a while, I got kind of used to it. So it wasn't anything that was a huge deterrent in enjoying the movie. Um, so, yeah, so when I started watching it, 10 minutes into it, I can tell, yeah, this feels more like a Zack Snyder movie. You know, it's very epic. It's very um you can tell not only 10 minutes in but then more so 20 minutes in that this is Zack Snyder's opus you know this is his lord of the rings return of the king movie i mean this is the culmination of the trilogy that he was working on and this was the the main payoff and it felt so well put together And much more fleshed out. It's amazing what simple edits or inclusions of things that they cut can really, what it can really do to a movie. Even the changing of the music in certain aspects. Um, If you recall in the original Justice League movie, um, the Paris scene, you know, with the terrorists and they're walking into the building. The type of music that was playing and how things played out felt very hokey, very like like campy very like it was kind of like a throwback to like an old school um superhero serial you know it it didn't have like that emotional or the gravitas that type of impact that this is something huge that's happening this is something big like you didn't feel that danger that was um about to happen in this um in this building until wonder woman came in and and you know save the day sort of speak but with all those different type of edits you know that one scene which was a little bit longer and the way that they incorporated wonder woman into it her interactions with everyone afterwards you know that nice little touching moment she had with that little girl by the way as you know if you know me by now i can't do reviews without spoiling stuff so if you haven't seen the movie Stop right here. I won't go on further, um, you know, or I will go on further. It's just not for you. Um, come back to this video, and you can watch it again when you're done and you're ready to be spoiled there. But yeah, moving forward, there there are potential spoilers because I I just can't do reviews without it. Um, But that touching moment she had with the little girl where, you know, the little girl was saying like, you know, when I grow up, can I be like you? And her telling her that she can be anything she wants to be. It gives you that human emotion, that human connection that Wonder Woman had. And that a lot of these new characters that we're getting introduced to there we get to see their human side we're getting to see more of the personalities you know every character was fully fleshed out and had their own story you know so we understood where they're coming from we understood what their personalities were you know the intro to um ezra miller's flash now depending on how you feel about ezra miller because of his antics uh, off screen but his flash was so fully fleshed out that he, you understand why he's a little awkward and all that. And believe it or not, throughout the rest of the movie, a lot of those weird, you know, awkward, silly moments that he com- constantly like got himself into was completely cut out. You know, they left some things in there, but he didn't come across as the jokey, jokey, jokey guy, you know, and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, he had intelligence, he had moments where he was you know contributing to the team and all that and the way it was just all fleshed out from his intro really helped you understand his motivation and all that they did the same thing with Aquaman you know he was able to visit uh, Atlantis and he had interactions with people there we saw William Dafoe his character show up for the first time in this universe before the Aquaman movie and you know understanding where Arthur is coming from and why he's hesitant in you know helping people out and all That stuff like that. Um, And Cyborg. Cyborg in the original Justice League was this brooding guy who's like, you know, I don't understand why I have all these things and I can't understand it all. And, you know, I'm learning these things and I don't know what to do with it and all that kind of stuff, you know. But in this movie, um, the way that it's been cut and the way that Zack Snyder was telling his story was that, you know, he had this relationship with his father and and his mom and you know he wanted his father to be a presence and all that stuff like that um and then when he got into his car accident uh which we finally got to see he loses his mom and you know he's he's left with like this huge you know deformities and all that and his dad brings him back to life um only because his dad feels like he's still destined for greatness, right? He still can accomplish many, all these many things. And it's his dad that's helping him, walking him through his new you know, gifts that he has. And it's Cyborg who's taking that advice and learning things on his own and all that. And it, it's, it's no longer the brooding Cyborg. It's more like, I want to understand more of what I can do and how I can help. Um, You know, and then, you know, you could see he's still trying to, you know, rekindle that relationship with his dad. And, you know, there's a moment in the movie where his dad dies and we see it and he sees it happen right before his eyes. And he wants to honor that, you know, learn everything that that his dad was trying to teach him to, you know, better help the world and the team and all that. Um, it, It was you could really tell like throughout this movie cyborg was one of the major characters in this movie and we never even thought that and we never got that from the original so it was really you know like i mentioned before it wasn't the gang of misfits that were trying so hard to learn to work together the team came together and they all genuinely wanted to understand what they can do to help with this new menace that's invaded earth right Um, you know, they, they, they all have their own contributions. They all are trying to work together. There's no more of that hesitation or the disagreements. Like, I don't understand why we're doing all that. It's it's more like there's nothing left for us to do but this you know it makes sense for us to try to do this um you know this is how we can try to do it you know i will take care of that you'll take care of this and all that kind of stuff like that everyone had their own share and input you know and it really felt like a team dynamic which we didn't get in the original uh it, it, it you know we felt like everyone was forced to work together you know just because and now we get the sense that everyone's working together because there's a need for them to you know there's a need for them to come together and work towards the main goal and getting rid of steppenwolf and figure out what's going on and let's talk about steppenwolf you know this is now we finally get to see who he is and why he's doing what he's doing because he really did feel like a minion. He felt like a herald, if I were to use like the Silver Surfer Galactus term. He really felt like a herald of dark side and we got to understand what his motivations were as to why he's on Earth trying to acquire all the mother boxes there um you know dark side is a huge presence in this entire movie we get to see that everything that steppenwolf is doing is for the one sole purpose of getting dark what he wants and getting dark to invade eventually right Um, and we get a lot of that storyline there you know fully fleshed out you know again we we didn't get so much of this detail in the original movie so it's amazing how much we're getting here Um, you know and he looks better you know he just simply looks better and you you feel that he is a menacing presence and not like this hokey you know one-dimensional villain And everyone else didn't feel one dimensional either. You know, Aquaman, even though he is like the surfer dude, it wasn't all about him and these surfer dude one-liners and all that stuff like that, you know. Um, they kept some of those in there, but it didn't feel like it was just for the sake of um, laughs or chuckles or all that stuff like that. You knew that this is just his personality, you know, this that this is just how he is and how he conducts himself. Um, but like i said like everyone was fully fleshed out um you know and you know we got a little bit of surprises here too you know just like um the you really felt like a lot of the movie and all the events that were transpiring in the movie was all in a direct result of superman passing and that's how the events really started you know, rolling on, and why the invasion started happening, or the plans for started happening. You got to see more of the impact that this world and universe was having because of the death of Superman. You got to see more of the grieving. You know, the uh, because of of it. You know, Lois's character. You know, Superman's. You know, Clark's mom. Um, even Batman and Wonder Woman and the rest of the the cast of characters there. You got to see how how much of an impact Superman had on their lives and and they all realize that it is truly important to have someone like him to help out when these kinds of things happen Um, you know so it was it it's it's like I said it's amazing how these simple edits um, and inclusions of things that were completely cut out how things were retooled and rewired to tell such a different story it's night and day compared to the original Justice League it really is Now. I don't personally think they could have released this four hour long movie in the theater when it when that time was. Um, Maybe there could have been a shorter cut of it. It's hard to say because after watching it in its full glory, I don't know how you would change it. I really don't, Um, because I felt like everything that was. Um, you know, that everything that transpired through this movie, the way the setup was, you know, the way the team came together, the menacing aspect of Steppenwolf, his motivations, why he's doing what he's doing, um, side, understanding that side is the Thanos of this universe. We got that here, you know, and we didn't see any of that in the original. So it's amazing. It just makes you wonder like what they were thinking there, but, um, You know, it's just like I said, night and day. We got to see um, our first look at Martian Manhunter, you know, and how he was there the whole time and kind of observing, you know, taking, you know, just observing how these heroes will band together uh, for the cause and how they would team up and all that. And then, you know, that conversation that he has with Bruce at the end of the movie, um, you know, understanding that. This team is gonna need to stay together and he wants to help out. And you know, you can tell Snyder kind of had um a like a foresight or a plan for more of these movies to happen, um, to kind of build on this team dynamic and maybe even add more to it, right? But we would have gotten, I think, the Justice League that we would have been expecting to get, just like what we may have seen in the animated series that was well-received, and I loved it personally, you know, things that we may have seen in the comic books and all that. Um, You know, it it was just an amazing feat that he was able to do. And I personally think this is one of Zack Snyder's best movies. You know, I, I would even say like, this is probably in my opinion, as of today, the best DC movie we've gotten today, you know, and um, I don't know where it's going to go from here. You know, it would be amazing to see if they could convince him to continue this type of storyline within this universe um i know we're getting the matt reeves batman which is like a a younger take on batman we i know there's they're working on the flash movie you know and i don't know if that's going to take place after this or before this um it's hard to say who knows what's going to happen with ezra miller if he's going to continue with that but you know after watching this movie i am more invested and more interested in seeing these individual movie spinoffs you know like cyborg again how much of a fleshed out character he was in this movie and um you know his realizations that he had throughout the movie and at the end i would love to see a standalone cyborg movie now you know the flash you know after watching justice league I, i was like you know what Uh, The Flash is kind of cool. He's quirky and all that. He's not the same Flash that I watched in the first two seasons of the CW series, which I really enjoyed a lot. But there could be something there. Now, after watching his storyline and how his character played out, and he had a huge part at the end of this movie, um, you really felt for him. You really understood, again, why he's doing what he's doing how he wants to contribute you know his meaning in this universe and in this team i am now fully 100 invested in a flash movie i want to see his storyline continue um, whether it's with ezra miller or not if it's the same character that we got to see in this movie i want to see more of it because he is a fascinating character and i can only see more fascinating stuff coming from his storyline and, and what have you um and let's talk about, and probably one of the more talked about scenes or sequences in this movie is the new nightmare sequence, you know, that we got at the end. Um, I love how in the movie they tied, you know, that whole vision that um, Bruce had in Batman v Superman, you know, where the future Flash kind of came out and kind of told him about Lois and it's all about Lois and all that kind of stuff like that. And they he really calls it out in one of the moments within this movie or saying, you know, I had a vision about him, you know, telling me stuff in the past. And, you know, there may be something more to that. Um, Because they, un- they do understand that Lois is the bond to keep Superman sane. You know, it's like that love that they share. It's what Superman f- sees as humanity's uh compassion. Right. And, and a kind of, Just like how his dad was that role for him. Lois is now the next level for that for him. And the minute she's gone, he loses it, right? He loses it all. Um, And that nightmare sequence that they had there gives you that kind of glimpse as to what will happen if Lois is gone again. And it's Bruce's fault, right? Um, And you could tell this is like way into the future and what have you. He's teamed up with, um, you know, uh deathstroke and the joker's there and and you know um the flash in, in like an older flash and, and and uh mara from um from aquaman and what have you um so it it's not the team that you're used to but it's a team that he has to find himself in but the dialogue that he had with the joker the back and forth that they had about loss and grieving and you know not understanding that or maybe he does understand that but he chooses not to to pay too much attention and focus on it. And this is why the big threat now that they're facing is an angry Superman who's against them because of what happened to Lois. We don't know what happened to Lois, but it looks like it's something that Bruce did or he couldn't prevent or what have you. Um But that dialogue that him and the Joker had, and of course the Joker is played by Jared Leto, um, is one of the best interactions that we've had between the Joker and Batman since Heath Ledger and Christian Bale, you know. Um, It really puts into a lot of perspective about... um, the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne, how he could never really kill, truly kill anybody, but he suffered so much loss in his life. So it's hard for him to kind of relate because he, he tends to put it in the back of his mind or he he broods off of it to make him the, the vigilante that he is and all that, um, you know, and trying to understand why Superman's doing what he's doing and what have you. Um, it was just very very um um amazing to watch and again it would have been it would have been really interesting to see what zach would have done to carry that on or carry that forward and he still could we don't know this might convince him to want to do more of these um you know who's to say um but again it it was just very fascinating to see um this all play out. And it's Mera, by the way, Mera from Aquaman. Uh, I think I said Mara. Um, so <laughs> my bad on that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. You know, and you know, we didn't have to deal with a lot of the nonsensical things that we got in Justice League, like the the, the Russian like family or the, you know, the Eastern European family that was there for no particular reason like that was all cut out you know and we understand why stefan wolf chose that location and you know it again everything was just fully explained you know it it gave a lot to the audience because you know it's it's understanding that the audience is probably not in tune with the comic books and the lore and all that kind of stuff like that because they didn't have enough time to build that up you know um not like the marvel universe the marvel universe had tons of movies to lead up to an avengers event you know and then again a ton of movies to lead up to the next avengers event you know like we they didn't have that here so they 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 needed to give a lot more to the audience you know like for example like when um wonder woman was explained to batman about you know the 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 day the day the dawn of men and you're know, going back as to how the mother boxes came into the world and into the universe and their first battle with dark side during that time and how the atlanteans and the amazons had to team up and the first time they teamed up then they got the gods to team up with them you know the green lantern core and all that kind of stuff like that that was mo- explained in a much more better way that we really understood what the 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 significant impact is about these mother boxes and how they really needed to prevent them to gather them all up together and and combine them um, so that um, the it, it would prevent them from taking over the world and pretty much destroying it right um, for Dark Side to to fully habitate it and all that um, and lastly the way they treated Superman. Um, You know one of the things that really took me out of the original justice league was the the beginning you know when you saw superman show up on that little iphone video that the kids were taking there they had a little podcast and the cg the cg off of the mustache you know it was so blatant you could see it and that really put a bad taste into my mouth from the beginning of the movie that throughout the whole movie I was just constantly looking at Superman's face and it always felt off to me them not including this and the way they were treating Superman and how they brought him back and instead of him being like this zombie that he had no idea of like why he's there and all that kind of stuff like that there were still moments of that but we understood why You know, it's like, this is a, like a soul that is not fully, you know, back yet. You know, he, he's trying to figure out what happened to him, you know, who are these people he's never seen before, you know, um, you know, getting back in, getting back his soul after being dead for a while. Um, and then the interactions with Lois, Lois wasn't used as the, the key here as, you know, you know this is you know plan b or whatever have you um she would just happened to be there naturally and see all this happen and 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 talk you know superman down from uh his you know what looked like a path of destruction you know especially with um the team members there um and then on his own he was getting his memories back and his soul was coming back and he understood that he was brought back for a reason. You know, they must have done this for a reason. And I need to figure that out. I need to find out what I can do to help. Instead of, you know, uh, I'm back. There's this problem. Guess I gotta go, you know, because I'm the only one that can help out here. You know, it, it's more, again, part of being a team. It's it's a team up, you know, and all that. Um, and they left him in the black outfit, in the black suit. You know, it, it was interesting to see that that was the suit of choice and it carried on through the rest of the movie. You know, he we never saw him in the typical red and blue. Um, he was just even at the end, you know, when everyone was getting everything was going back to normal, everyone's living their own lives and all that. And, you know, he's, he's going off in the alley and he rips off his shirt. It's still the black and white, black and silver suit you know so it was really interesting and for me that just tells me that this is a different superman this is a superman that is now evolved into something different you know like he's a little bit more aware now you know this is his his second chance at life as he said it you know this is my second chance and he's not going to mess it up And I feel like we got a new type of Superman. And, you know, when he, you know, he showed up and he was joining with the team in stopping Steppenwolf. It wasn't more like, hey, you guys are having problems here and all that kind of stuff like that. It was just more like, boom, I'm here. What can I do? All right. You know, let me help out. Um, So, yeah. It, it's, it's an, like I said, it's just amazing how different everything was. And I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I do feel like this is one of Zach's best movies. Um, I put it up there with 300, uh, and Watchmen, you know, like I, I, in my opinion, this, this is just my personal take on it. I, I think it's one of his best movies, his opus, as I like to say. Um, And it's one of the better DC movies, if not the best DC movie that we have available right now. Um, So, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, um, obviously, if you watch through all this, I've maybe spoiled some stuff for you or or what have you. But I highly recommend this. I'm going to watch it again. You know, like I didn't feel that way when I watched the original Justice League. When I watched Justice League again this week, that was only the second time since I saw it in the theater originally back in uh, 2018. I had no desire to want to watch that movie again because it was just so shallow and empty and and too formulaic and too hokey. You know, I, I guess that's the best way I could describe it. It was just really, really hokey. Um but now like this is just a full-fledged it felt like an epic superhero comic book movie you know and it made me interested in these dc characters that i didn't feel like i was so interested uh and attached to them before and it makes me wish i can see this storyline continue i don't know if we're going to get that it's going to be very unfortunate if we don't um but it is what it is, you know? So, so yeah. So, um, I know normally in my reviews, I like to give ratings and what have you. So if I was to give a rating here for this, I would definitely give it, um, a four out of, you know what, let's go four and a half out of five, um, Superman symbols, logos. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's have some fun with that. Uh, four and a half out of five. Um, I know it's a high rating, It's high, but that's just how I feel now. I could feel differently in a year from now, but again, I just thought this was fantastic. And I don't know if a lot of people are going to give Zack Snyder the credit here, but it was nice to see him really be able to release the version of the movie that at least he says that he wanted. I know he did some reshoots and new filming for all that, which by the way, I couldn't really figure out what was new or what wasn't. A lot of it did feel like there was a lot of new scenes that was cut out that was just reintroduced into this into this movie Um, yeah and and don't get me wrong there are a lot of scenes from the original that was introduced here it was just spliced differently to give a a different tone overall Um, but it was hard for me to determine what was new I think the, the Martian Manhunter interaction with Bruce Wayne was new at the end there. I, I feel like that was probably one of the new things that they filmed. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fantastic movie. And uh, it's one, I, I'm definitely going to want to watch again for sure. Um, and like I said, probably one of the better DC movies that you'll ever get to watch. So... So, yeah, so that's my take. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Um, So definitely in the comments, you know, leave your thoughts about the movie. Um, Was this something that you were expecting? Um, Were you blown away by it? Um, Did you do you now want to see what Snyder could do moving forward if he's given the chance to? Right. Um, I know he said, like, he's probably not moving forward with any more things within this universe, but you never know you know we never thought we're gonna get a snyder cut and then fast forward look we finally got it right so so yeah so that is what it is so um... the other thing obviously i wanted to talk about and the big thing from this week is we got the debut of falcon in the winter soldier series um, on Disney Plus and um I believe it's going to be 6 episodes this series um and each probably like going to be like an hour or just under an hour long so I w- I was able to watch the new uh the first episode there and I'm going to say the same thing that I said when I watched uh WandaVision without this series um or them putting these characters in this type of series, we would never have gotten a chance to understand what the characters are like, you know? Because, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, even though they had their moments in the Marvel movies and all that, we never really got a full um, storyline or deep dive into how they're like when they're not superheroes or what their personalities personalities are more like when they're not teamed up with Captain America and the rest of the Avengers there or what, or Tony Stark or or anything like that. The great opportunity that we have, and the same thing went goes for Wanda and Vision too. The great opportunity that we have now with these type of series is to understand the characters more, give us more of an attachment to these characters, Um and you're. Again, this is this is a parallel to the New Justice League, because we got an attachment to these characters because we understood them more. We got more of a story. In this one episode, I feel more attached to uh, Falcon and Win- and Bucky there, more so than I ever did in any of the movies that I saw them in. You know, we got to see how it's like for them to get back to their own lives after the events of endgame you know there you know you have bucky who's now in the real world trying to deal with his ptsd of everything that he did when he was with hydra you know he's seeing a, a therapist he's seeing you know he's taking care or hanging out with an old guy um and then he tries to go on a date um And then we find out why he's hanging out with this old guy because he's trying to make amends for something that he caused this old guy, um, whether the guy knows it or not. Um, And then you have, you know, uh, Falcon there, you know, going back to his family, you know, learning that his family is not in the best shape. And he's trying to do what he can do to help the family, you know, uh, financially and with their businesses and all that. so it's it's very interesting to see um, how those events and, and being a superhero. And then when you're not in that role, how they live their lives outside of that, you know, um, and it's really, really interesting to see how that was really fleshed out. Um, and it was really, really great. I mean, they haven't even teamed up yet. You know, they're they're just uh, living their individual lives and trying to to. Live their lives and and deal with um, either family or themselves uh, in a way um, to to get back to some sort of normal normalcy. There, you know, Falcon gives up the shield. You know, which was something that I wasn't expecting to, to see so soon. You know, he basically said, like, you know, and again, this this leads off into um, leads off right from the ending of Endgame. There, and it sounds like it's two months after that um you know he gives up the shield he has his press conference and he says like look th- this shield belongs to someone else and it's not me uh, he gives it he gives it up to the smithsonian or the government or what have you um he has this interesting interaction with um um you know with a uh, war machine there don cheadle um you know who was also surprised uh, that he he gave up on not taking on that mantle there um, and, you know, he just feels like he, he wants to be his own individual person and do what he can. Um, that's not tied to Captain America, right? Um, you know, he, we, we saw the, the beginning of the episode was fantastic because you know, we could see that um, he's still involved with the government in helping things out. Um, he has kind of like a new partner, uh, what it looks like a young uh, army kid or what, or a Marine and you know they're trying to to do what they have to do out there um with their duties um the great action sequences oh my god it was the first 10 minutes of this episode was just non-stop action and it was thrilling and amazing to see um so we again we got to see what what he's doing um with himself there um and then the way the episode ended It was just it was just so heartbreaking, you know, and and again, like I like I mentioned um, multiple times in the past and before, you know, be beware of spoilers when it comes to what I talk about stuff. But, you know, we get to see the government decided to call on a new Captain America or or put that mantle on someone else and. You know, Falcon is watching this on TV, um, as they were having a press conference and you can see the regret. It's like, why didn't I take it on? You know, like that could have been me, you know, I thought I was doing something good and they went ahead and they decided to just, nope, the world needs a captain America and we're going to assign it to somebody. And then boom, we had to introduce with this new captain America, you know, um, we don't know who this guy is yet. You know, the episode kind of ends that way. Um, but when you look at the, the credits rolling, I believe we saw like a, a poster of the the new um, Captain America. And his name is John Walker. And if, you, if you're familiar with the comic books, and, you know, I'm not 100% familiar with the books and all that, but I did some research after the episode. John Walker is the guy who becomes... Um, U.S. agent, you know, or super patriot, you know, he, he went through multiple monikers, even the moniker of Captain America, but it looks like this is what we're getting here, and I don't know how that's going to play out for the rest of the series, but it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen there, and the dynamic um, as to how Falcon will take it, and how are they going to get Falcon and Bucky, uh, Winter Soldier, to team up together? You know, like, what, what is that one driving force that you know forces them to have to team up you know it's interesting because you see that sam is constantly trying to call bucky but bucky's not answering his call his therapist calls him out on that you know because bucky's a loner he just doesn't he doesn't know how to interact with people he doesn't know how to make friends or what have you so this is where we're gonna and we already know like they don't get along well i mean we've seen that in the movie so we are going to get that buddy cop series so it's going to be interesting how that plays out what's also going to be very interesting is that coming off of WandaVision which was a very more fantastical you know you know universe that dealt a lot with magic and, um, you know, sorcery and, you know, mystic art and all that kind of stuff like that. This is definitely going to be a more grounded series, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see how people are going to take that coming off of WandaVision, you know. Um, and what's the ex- expectation there? Because this was also originally supposed to come out before WandaVision. So I could kind of see how this would be kind of like um, like an easier in to the next events of this phase of the mcu um you know a more grounded take on things than we were supposed to get black widow and then boom right into the magic and the fantastical stuff in wandavision and all that so it will be very interesting to see how the audience will take it but personally i think the first episode was great i really really enjoyed it um and it's it's a nice setup to see how the rest of the series is going to play out um, and how Sam and Bucky there, Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going to team up and what they're going to have to do and how this new Captain America is going to play out as well. So great setup. Um, Looking forward to see how that's going to play out and how the series is going to be like. Um, will this be the water cooler talk every week like WandaVision was? I don't know. Um, again, it, it all depends on how the audience is going to take to it. But um, it will be interesting to see nonetheless there. So, So, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's my take on episode one there of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Mm. by the way happy first day of spring um if you're on the east coast and especially in new york like i am sure doesn't feel it you know we were getting a lot of snow um you know last night and rain and it's been really cold this weekend it's cold again today so hopefully it looks like we're gonna get some uh, semblance of spring starting next week so uh, it's nice to get the warmer weather out with things Going the way that they're going on here um, It would be nice to be able to enjoy more moments outside instead of being all cramped up indoors like we have been so um, Yeah, so again, those are my two reviews there and now lastly only because I haven't had a chance to do my final thoughts on WandaVision, I figured let's talk about WandaVision and let's talk about the series as a whole and how everything played out um, a couple weekends ago they debuted the behind the scenes um I believe they called it um uh, what did they call it assembled I think it was um Marvel Studios yeah, I think it was called assembled because they're assembling the universe and it was it looks like this is gonna be the docu series that they're probably gonna do for every. Uh, Marvel series that they're doing and obviously because WandaVision just ended they did their episode of the behind the scenes there of WandaVision and I thought it was a really really nice capper to the series because you got to understand what went into making this series because one of the things that I thought was fascinating about the series was being able not to only portray the, er- the sitcom eras which in and, in and of itself is not that easy to do, but to still maintain a separate storyline that's based off of reality. You know, so you had your, the, the Wanda reality, which is the sitcom eras, you know, and her dealing with her grief and all that. And then you had the reality of that, what's happening outside of that and how that reality was trying to, you know, intertwine or invade hers. and being able to maintain those storylines or that different sets of realities um is not easy um and i was really really fascinated as how they were able to do that throughout the series the greatest thing that i that came out of this documentary for me was learning that matt shackman the director of the series was a child actor in the era in the sitcom eras himself you know they revealed that he was on a lot of the 80s sitcoms you know i think he was on different strokes growing pains or what have you um so you had a director that knew and understood how the sitcom eras worked you know because he was in it um and you you feel it you know because every episode that was taking place in a certain era sitcom era you felt like it was that Era for sure, one hundred percent. You know whether it was fifties, sixties, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. You know, like the eighties was great because that was my era. You know, and then you know I understood the nineties too because I watched a lot of that. You know, with the Malcolm in the Middle's and what have you. So it was really, really great to see that and the the care that they put into making those episodes. You know, I you learn by watching this documentary that. They actually had a real live studio audience for the '50s sitcom, um, so the they had the real laugh laughers um, for the sitcom and all that. So I thought that in, that in itself was just fascinating. The amount of detail and care that they put into that, um, and then the music, you know, for the theme songs and how they carefully curated these theme songs not only mimic the theme songs of the sitcoms that they were, um, you know, copying off of, whether it was, you know, the Dick Van Dyke show or Bewitched. Um, You know, they spoke about the family ties mashup with Growing Pains and all that. Um, You know, the Brady Bunch with hints of Partridge family in the 70s. And obviously the Malcolm in the Middle inspiration there. And one of the things I love is getting validation for things that I guessed, you know, and every time the sitcoms came up, you know, without diving into it or looking at what everyone else was saying, I said like, Oh, this is this, this is that, Oh my God, this is bewitched. Oh, Agatha comes along. It's so much like the Munsters, you know, um, you know, uh, the family ties and growing pains mashup with a little hint of, um, um, uh, what is that? Um, the, the Olsen, um, show, um the family, what is it? Oh my god, I, I am so blanking right now. Um Olsen twins sitcom. You know, it's really amazing how sometimes full house. God, how could I forget full house? Um, because though the the reason why I thought it was full house is because they did that pan above the family in the park and that reminded me of that park in san francisco as it was panning out um validation they they even said it and mentioned it you know especially since elizabeth olsen kind of grew up on that set watching her sisters doing that that tv show um so the um and how every theme song had the same beats but done differently um you know to mimic that era of sitcom but how anytime the one the vision was mentioned that it always had that same beats to go with it you know very smart very very intelligent way of doing things but yeah like i said the documentary was a great capper but the series as a whole you know the last episode was was great um look i know us as geeks and as fans we all had our fan theories you know we all had our wish list of things that they did you know i i am more than happy to admit that you know um you know i was hoping that we were going to get a major reveal at this last episode another cameo or what have you um you know more questions i mean more answers to questions that we had um but we got what we got and i was happy for it you know the the battle with the two visions was really well done um the use of logic and how you know they kind of like stopped them from fighting and how vision was trying to explain to him you know that you're programmed to take on the vision but i'm not really the vision you know i'm like a construct um you know and that whole you know rewire, rewiring the way he was thinking of his programming and all that kind of stuff like that you know the 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 confrontation with Wanda and Agatha. You know, um, and you know, I will. But however, I will say, missed opportunity with Quicksilver. I mean, Richard Boner. I mean, really. Um, and I wonder if they chose Boner because that was also the character name from Growing Pains. But it, it was just that was very unfortunate you know i felt like that was a huge cock tease in a way um but it would have been nice if they found a way to tie it in you know to tie in quicksilver into this new universe whether it was the, the x-men quicksilver there but i do feel like that was a letdown um you know everyone had their final moments you know like darcy had her final moment we got to see monica's final moment you know um it was great to see the family team up kind of like a Incredibles, Fantastic Four team up there, you know, and all that. Um, you know, the, another thing that I, I also didn't appreciate was how they downplayed, you know, the villains in in, in the in the in this series. You know, Agatha was done pretty well, um, and how she remains in the town, like in, in her own kind of like prison, sort of speak. Um, but we know that, or we hope, and it looks like. Um, Wanda is going to be more than likely talking to her again as Wanda is learning her newfound chaos magic powers and understanding what that all means to her and all that. Um, But the way they they handled Hayward, uh, I thought that was very, very unfortunate. And they kind of made him, again, the one bad thing that Marvel tends to do is that they make their villains very one dimensional, you know, and it happened. It, there was such buildup that I was truly hoping that Hayward was going to be more than what we've seen, you know, or more than what it appears. Um, but he just became like this typical bad guy, you know, who was just up to no good, or he believed in what he was doing was good, but it really wasn't, you know, and it kind of like, you know, I would say they kind of like wussed out on that, uh, big time, but, um, you know, in, in Darcy had her little cameo at the end and, and that was it. She vamoosed. Um, another thing I kind of wish they did was, um, you know, when Wanda was confronting the, the town and all the citizens there. Um, especially at the end as she was doing her little walk of shame. Um, it would have been nice if they addressed that more because she caused this entire town a lot of grief. Um, and a lot of... Um, You know, she was mind controlling all of them and the the amount of pain that they all went through. um, That's not something I I feel like she should get away with. But I think that's going to play more into her psyche um, as we see her progress moving forward. You know, obviously we see her uh, doing the Thanos thing, you know, retiring in a cabin somewhere uh, remote as she was living her life and then her astral self was learning the ways of chaos magic and learning how to be the scarlet witch there so i thought that was really interesting um you know the voices we hear at the end of the kids i don't know if that's real or that's just like a throwback or something within her mind that's bringing things up i don't know multi-dimension what have you i think the kids are gone and i and i wish they would just leave it that way because again it's it's a lesson of Grief and losing things that you love, right? The whole series is a great story about loss and depression, mental state and mental health, and learning how to deal with grief and how to carry on and moving forward. It was a series that dealt with that so well through the through us seeing what Wanda was going through and the pain she was causing other people. The things that she thought was doing right and how it wasn't you know learning how to deal with all of that um depression and grief you know she didn't have it easy you know she saw her parents die she saw her brother die she saw vision die twice now three times you know in in this series uh, it, it's it's so much to, to For one person to have to go through, um, especially with her emotions, emotions and all that, so it's going to be very interesting to see how this is going to play into her psyche moving forward, Um, especially once she has to deal more with the effects of being the Scarlet Witch and learning her chaos magic and what that means to her and all that. And then, you know, we all know she's going to be in Doctor Strange and how that's going to, you know, how they are going to interact or what what's the purpose of her. Being alongside Doctor Strange there. Or is Doctor Strange going to be going against her? Who knows? I don't know. Um, But overall, I thought the series was very well done. um, And it was very enjoyable. And, you know, even though we all had our theories. And, you know, we all had our checklist and all that. And most of it wasn't true and didn't come into fruition and all that. It was still fun. It was still fun to speculate. You know, this is what you would do if you're reading every issue of a comic book, right? As they were coming out. And you are like, oh, what if this happened? Or what if that happened? Or, oh God, I can't wait uh, to find out what the big reveal is in the next issue. You know, like, or even like we were watching t- TV back in the day, you know, with Lost and Breaking Bad. It was nice to have a lot of that speculation because it's just fun. You know, this is what we do. You know, we did it with the Mandalorian, like all the speculation with the Mandalorian, especially season two of the Mandalorian, you know, and all that. Um, it was, it's just fun because it gets us talking. It gets us, um, you know, having conversations about things that we enjoy and things that we love, especially in this geekdom that we, that we're all a part of, um, You know, some of us do take it a little bit more seriously than others, but still or and there are a lot of people who make fun of us for it, you know, and all that. And and that's fine. You know, a lot of it is definitely warranted, but there's that that fun factor of of being able to speculate because it just me it just means that we're so invested in in what we're watching or what we're into that we have those passions come out. So yeah, overall I, I again great series and that's why I also said before when I was talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier it's going to be very interesting to see how people are going to take to this um Falcon and the Winter Soldier series because it's definitely different from WandaVision, and knowing that we were supposed to get WandaVision after the fact, after um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's going to be interesting to see, like, are we going to be able to come down from that high that we got from WandaVision watching it week to week with all the, you know, fantastical stuff happening, all the major speculations of multi-multiverses and inclusions and, and who's involved and all that kind of stuff like that. Are we gonna get the same thing from this new series? Um, So it's gonna be very interesting to see how people are gonna react and what kind of Easter eggs are gonna be thrown at us and what kind of speculations are gonna be able to be formed by watching this series. I mean, already the first episode gave us certain forms of speculation, especially with the reveal at the end of it, right? So um, it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be a very busy couple of months because I believe after this, We are going to get, I think, Black Widow is supposed to hit afterwards. And then we're going to get the Loki series, um, which, again, will deal with different realities and, and time dimensions and multiverses and all that stuff like that. So it's like going through a roller coaster right it's like now we're a little bit more grounded and then we're gonna get right back up again you know so it'll be interesting to see and then leading into i think shang chi and and the eternals and what have you um i don't have the full slate in front of me so i don't know what what the timeline is like but you know there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff here for the marvel universe and um we i'm definitely in for the ride along for the ride to see where where things are going to lead up because it's fun it's been very very interesting and and fun to watch everything and intake a lot of content but yeah this week was busy you know i mean thursday through friday i didn't let's just say i didn't have a lot of sleep because i was intaking a lot of this content there but it was fun um again As always, I'm interested to hear about your thoughts about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, you know, WandaVision. I mean, I I feel like most of us have, have already carried on to WandaVision. I know some people are actually watching WandaVision for the first time now or are finishing it up right now, so it'll be interesting to see what their thoughts are, but um yeah i think that's that's going to be the the episode for today so um a lot of things to talk about because of all the stuff that's dropped um but um more to talk about in weeks to come especially with all the news that's starting to come out about movies you know especially once now that movie theaters are starting to open up uh the theaters are gearing up for what hopefully will be the summer blockbuster season um if there is such one anymore um but i believe the big release coming soon is uh king kong versus godzilla so if you're into big kaiju monster battles um that's something to look forward to on hbo max there and in theaters i believe um but yeah that's the episode guys so thank you again for watching thank you again for tuning in if you have any questions thoughts comments feedback please don't forget to leave them in the comment section I respond to them pretty much all you know believe it or not Um, again if you're not new to the channel you know I I love to chime in on, on people's you know feedback and questions and what have you again don't forget to hit that like and subscribe buttons for you audio listeners don't forget to follow and leave a great rating there but i will catch all of you guys next time so let's play the outro music guys thank you you again and as always stay cool stay classy stay safe be be kind to to one another and i hope you guys enjoy your weekend until next time peace